No my hearty my kitane hotaka welcome to the panel RNZ National Wallace Chapman with you happy Friday Today, the wild weather in Wellington yesterday has left Air New Zealand with 126,000 people to move in the next three days. What you need to know if you're planning on travel in the near future, that just after four. From today, travellers can't bring any meat products from Indonesia into Aotearoa, a new measure to protect against foot and mouth disease, which, if it gets into the country, could be serious. New data that lays bare the issue of the number of students that are missing from the education system doubled since late last year. And Lamington Day in Australia yesterday, that's right, Lamington Day, we have a professor who wrote the Lamington, the book on Lamington history, 280 pages of it. So what I want to know is, does the Lamington belong to New Zealand? And what's the better flavour? Is it raspberry or is it chocolate? Text me 2101 and find out the right answer at 4.50pm. With me this afternoon, uh, Sally Wenley, who's a freelance journalist. Kia ora, Sally. Kia ora, Wallace. Also today, uh, Raj Chakraborty, novelist uh, and writer. Raj, welcome to the programme. Kia ora, Wallace. Kia ora, Sally. Great to have you both on. Now, the All Black squad, they've been named and Ian Foster has fronted the media this afternoon. Ian Foster says he's strong resilient and believe he has a great feel and relationship for his players. He says he's also strategic and accountable, so he's staying, as is Captain Sam Kane. The changes come uh, in the wake of the All Blacks losing four of their last five tests and their first home series defeat in 27 years. And RNZ sports reporter Clay Wilson was at this uh, conference this afternoon. Clay, kia ora. Kia ora, Wallace. What were the key points for you at the media? Well, the big surprise was Sam Kane being retained as captain. The, the mail last night, this morning, from a number of organisations was that Sam Kane was going to be ousted as captain. And Gasps going... around the room? Well, a few of the media actually got the, the release a little bit ahead of time, as sometimes we do. Um, and certainly there was a, a bit of a buzz in the room and people floating around talking to each other and, and a little bit surprised. Well, very surprised because I think everyone in that room expected that that was going to be the, the sort of the main news from, from we all knew Ian Foster was probably going to stay for now. But uh, certainly a, a, sh- a shock to people given the reports that uh, Sam Kane is staying, it looks like, uh, as the captain of the, as the team for this, for this rugby championship. How did Ian Foster come across? He was very deliberate in, in his message. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's been a while. Um, we haven't heard from Ian Foster until uh, and since uh, Saturday night after the test. So I guess they've had a few days to sort of figure out where they wanted to go and, and how he wanted to, to sort of come across. And uh, he was very deliberate in his message. Actually, looked at the start like he was, you know, it was it was a little bit hard at the start. He was sort of worked his way into it. Um, it's obviously very daunting. You know, there was a dozen or more cameras there, a lot of journalists, hungry journalists, you know, that have had questions that have come from the public, questions the media have had. Yeah. So a pretty daunting kind of atmosphere, even for someone as experienced in that realm as he is. Um, but he sort of warmed into it and very, very deliberate message and looked to me like he wanted to come across as very strong, like I'm, I'm here to stay. And, and I know mm. it's, it's tough at the moment, but, but, you know, I'm here to stay and I want to, want to write the ship. So what did he have to say about Sam Kane continuing to be the captain and um, any comments about Whitelock? Well, I think his message mainly was that he backs Sam Kane as as the captain, and that's been his message throughout. I mean, these questions about Sam Kane actually were coming 
well, they've been coming for a long time, but even when the squad was named um, for the Island series, and I actually remember speaking to Ian Foster about it, and, and you know, he got asked about it, and and he was very strong then on, on liking Sam Kane. He's always liked Sam Kane. And mm. so, you know, as, as I said, very deliberate in making sure the message was strong and clear that I'm here to stay, Sam Kane is the captain of the team, and, and we back him. Yeah, Raj, been following this at all? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I mean, there's a... There's other things I have to say as well, my, but my uh, first reaction to this conference actually kind of connects in a way to my the thing I was going to talk about in my I've been thinking bit, which is that one was going to be about male friendship and how uh, men often find it hard to share and be vulnerable. Well, from this press conference, it makes me feel another thing we men find hard is to admit when we're wrong, you know, <laughs> and, um, and we'll, only time will tell. But um, this kind of show of unity and but another thing, men and organizations headed largely by men, as in this case, seem to find very difficult is to say a change of course is called for and we were wrong. Um, yeah, we had the well, former NZ uh, Rugby Union uh, boss, uh, David Moffat, on the program, and he said uh, with uh, Foster staying, that what, they'll, that what they'll do is choose the soft option. That's what he said on the panel. Yeah, I guess it's you could look at it in that way as it's the easy easy option. And, you know, I guess when you've backed someone through to the World Cup, it's, you know, you, you don't want to come out with egg on your face in a way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, let's see what happens. I think for now is the best way to describe this because – these, especially these two tests coming up against South Africa, you've, the, the, the gravity of this for not just the team but for Ian Foster and his job, uh, I don't think necessarily he's, you know, he's safe until the World Cup as it stands. I think the performance of the team in these two tests in South Africa, the rugby championship is going to be critical because you have to think if the team doesn't continues yeah. not to perform well, the pressure continues to mount. And who's backing Foster up? Any changes there in the assistant or associate coaches? Well, that was the other thing to come out of today, is that he he's acknowledged there, ch- there are changes coming, but they're still working on them. Whether we'll find out that tomorrow, over the weekend, early next week, when we'll fight the All Blacks fly out to South Africa next Friday. So you'd have to think it's going to be before then. Um, and the mail basically is that the, the assistant coaches are in the firing line. So if it's not Sam Kane, then... Maybe there's there's a coach or two here under Foster, which some people won't be too happy yeah. about. They want to see Ian yeah. Foster be accountable. But um, I guess in the end, if he wants to stay, it's not his decision to stay. It's, you know, that's a, a board level, higher up the chain kind of decision, isn't it? Um, but, yeah, it sounds like there, there might be some people who are going to, you know, part ways with You've been team. following sport for many years, Clay. Have you ever seen a time when uh, the All Blacks has been under such scrutiny. I know there was a lot of scrutiny around, you know, John Hart. When John Hart, uh, I think there were five tests in a row, I think, that uh, were lost. But going to South Africa now, this is going to be intense. Well, we were talking off air before we came on, and I said, I can't think of bigger games, like a, a World Cup semi-final or final, maybe. I remember when we lost the and that, that famous uh, 2007 quarterfinal against France. And oh, Graham, Graham yeah, oh. we don't like to, we won't, won't go into too much detail on that. But of course, Graham Henry and his team were reinstated. That's right. We know what happened there. So maybe they'll refer to history a little bit. But there was a lot of, I remember there was a lot of angst around that. And a lot of people who 
perhaps are in the same camp now as, you know, we don't want to see Ian Foster continue. So, But it has been, you know, even just talking amongst the, the, the sort of sports journalism fraternity, um, a wild few days since that test, you know, you've just the result on its own and then you pile everything else, the, the silence, the way this has been managed and handled and sort of all the speculation and rumour, innuendo, it has been really crazy. It's just we're not used to All Blacks. Um, weeks being being like this yeah. at all. Good on you, Clay. Kia ora. Thanks for your time. And uh, look, enjoy the weekend. Very good. All right, uh, five to five. And uh, someone says, uh, can there be a right flavour of Lamington? Goodness gracious, Wallace, it's a personal preference. But if there is, it's chocolate from a long-time <laughs> Lamington lover. So, no, there is, a, there, is an, there is a right answer. And I will tell you what that answer is. What's your favourite uh, flavour of Lamington, Clay? Is it chocolate or is it raspberry? You have to go into that uh, that mic there. Probably raspberry, but I'm not much of a sweet tooth, so I'm probably not the best person to to really have a big okay, opinion on this. Okay, all yeah. right, we'll get, get out of here then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, it is um, there is there is a natural right flavour, and I'll tell you that at four fifty pm. Raspberry lemon all day compliments the sponge so much better than overbearing chocolate. Family of six all choose raspberry, uh, says Daniel. What about you, Wallace? Well, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, at 10 to 5. Oh, can't yeah. wait. Uh, right, what's been on your mind? I've been thinking. What has been on my mind has the rural sector because I've been thinking all the things that have been happening, the storms, you know, just the extreme weather events. It was really hot, then it was really cold, and then there's been avalanches. There's been, what has there been? Thunderstorms. Snow. And I thought, gosh... These farmers, they do so much, and I think they are the backbone of our country. You know, they're, they're the economic powerhouse, I think, of our country. And, you know, they, they put billions into our economy. And I feel a lot of city people take this for granted, really take it for granted. And they work all year round. And I think the government at the everyone. moment, I think everyone. the government at the moment is not being that fair with things. And there's the high whoa, whoa, whoa. prices of fuel, the high prices of fertiliser. All the government's saying is and the there's farmers, concern do, you, do your bit. Do your bit with about regards to climate and mouth. And if we didn't have this fantastic stock of wonderful what would you say, dairy cattle? There's now 6.3 million dairy cows. That's according to Stats NZ. There's 4 million beef cattle. Now, that number's going up, which is good. Well, I'm it's from a good. beef farm. It's I think not it's great. It's great for exports, it's excellent bad. for our economy. Are you a vegetarian, Wallace? No, I love my meat. I so love a good wrong? steak. Uh, it's just that number is a lot for a small country, isn't it? 4 million. Yeah. But that's that, our primary industry, yeah. and it keeps us going. And I say, uh, yay, you farmers, you're out there in waist-deep water, up to your waist in snow. You've got some pretty awful conditions, and you're producing fantastic stock and helping our economy. Thank you. Good on you, Sally. Uh, just uh, a, big, a bit of a, uh, <laughs> a bit of an honour to the farmer. Kia Nice, nice one, Sally. Uh, I've been thinking, Raj, yeah, Rasbury, Raj Chakraborty. Um, so I've been thinking about this conversation between two friends that happened in a closely packed restaurant recently at a table next to mine and how it links to this book I'm interested in reading by a British writer called Max Dickin. And the book is called uh, Billy No Mates uh, and Jim it's Moore, subtitled Jim Moore did How I Realized Men Have a Friendship Problem. Um, and it's about what followed after he realized 
there was no one he could call upon as a best man for his upcoming wedding. Yeah. Um, so these two young blokes took the table next to mine and uh, one assured the other that he knew the three best things to order at this place. And then he said, look me up when you're in London because I know the place like the back of my hand. And then his friend replied, bro, um, I couldn't get you to answer your phone all those times I called you in Christchurch. Um, and from that quite funny wow. beginning, the conversation moved on to this back and forth of recrimination and reassurance that they were still as close as ever and no one could take each other's place. And they were um, sharing a bottle of BYO, but also it felt like they'd had a bit to drink earlier because it was all quite loud. So during that period, there was also the slight possibility of violence, like a fight breaking out now that this hurt had finally been aired. And as I got up to pay my bill, I was left thinking about the, the roller coaster nature of this conversation yep. and reflecting that perhaps men do share and connect, but what are the particular circumstances and atmosphere that we need and why there was that slight edge and Very ever good, so Raj. tiny. That's news.